Uh, one of my favorite definitions comes from Julian Agiman, who's a professor at Tufts, and he focuses on what he calls just sustainability, just as in justice, right? And his term is, you know, he, he likes this language, you know, the need to ensure a better quality of life for all now and into the future in a just and equitable manner while living within the Earth's supporting ecosystems. So this makes sure that we're not talking about this as something like, you know, you have to be concerned for your grandchildren, because there are people right now who are suffering the effects of climate change, of environmental injustice. And so that's going on right now. And if we're including everybody in the conversation, then our definition is going to be much more holistic, and it's going to really focus on uh, the marginalized and, and not just folks in the first world. You know? Hello, and welcome to Student Affairs Now. I'm your host, Keith Edwards. Today, we're discussing sustainability in higher education. We'll be discussing what it means and how we can integrate it both into student learning and how we operate. Student Affairs Now is the premier podcast and learning community for thousands of us who work in, alongside, or adjacent to the field of higher education and student affairs. We hope you'll find these conversations make a contribution to the field and are restorative to the profession. We release new episodes every week on Wednesdays. Find us at studentaffairsnow.com or on Twitter. Today's episode is sponsored by Stylus Publishing. Browse their student affairs, diversity, and professional development titles at styluspub.com. Use promo code SANOW for 30% off all books plus free shipping. You can also find Stylus on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at, at styluspub. Today's episode is also sponsored by Leadershape. Leadershape is a not-for-profit organization that has been partnering with colleges, universities, and organizations in creating transformational leadership experiences since 1986. With a focus on creating a more just, caring, and thriving world, Leadershape provides both virtual and in-person leadership development opportunities for students and professionals. When you partner with Leadershape, you will receive quality development experiences that engage learners in topics of courageous dialogue, integrity, equity, resilience, and community building. To find out more about their virtual programs, visit leadershape.org slash virtual programs. You can also learn more about their org on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. As I mentioned, I'm your host, Keith Edwards. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm a speaker, consultant, and coach, and you can find out more about me at keithedwards.com. I'm hosting this conversation today from Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is the ancestral home of the Dakota and the Ojibwe peoples. Today, we're talking about sustainability in higher education and student affairs. I'm very excited to have three great guests with us today. Let's go ahead and meet them. Uh, thanks to the three of you for joining us. I know you bring various perspectives and angles uh, in student affairs. Would love to get to know you a little bit. Uh, Vigor, let's go with you first. Sure. Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Vigor Lamb. I use him pronouns. Um, I'm a former student affairs professional, but now a consultant with Kitchell CEM at the City College San Francisco in facilities, construction, and planning um, based on the unceded and ancestral homelands of the territory of the Ramitush and Ohlone tribal nations. Um, I think for me, my experience with sustainability, I don't have any formal sustainability in student affairs roles, but I think what really um, I think about is a class I took an undergraduate as a landscape architecture major is a making a meaning of landscapes writing class that really stuck with me. Um, and I think ever since then, I've really just, it's my mind has been surrounded by sustainability and green and what that means to live sustainably. Mm -hmm. That's really great. Well, thank you for being here. Um, Grace, let's hear from you. Absolutely. Hi, my name is Grace Kaznierski. I am the assistant director for student engagement 
at the University of South Carolina in their Office of Sustainability, which is actually housed in student affairs. So it's a little bit different than many offices of sustainability on campus. Um, I kind of came to sustainability by accident. Um, I was a public health undergrad, went to pursue my master's in higher education and student affairs and ended up really wanting to work with a supervisor in our office and um, just kind of came in as a graduate assistant. I've bounced around as an academic advisor and now I'm here in this assistant director role. Awesome, wonderful to have you here, Grace. Paul, let's hear about you. All right, hi everybody. My name is Paul Morgan. I use he, him, his pronouns. Uh, I'm a professor of education at Westchester University of Pennsylvania, which is outside Philadelphia and on land uh, we're occupied by the, uh, we are occupying land, formerly occupied by the Lenape people. Um, as I said, I'm a professor of education. My area of emphasis is education for sustainability. Uh, I founded the certificate programs in education for sustainability. I also served for three years as the university's sustainability coordinator, sort of part-time job. Um, Perhaps most of interest to this group, I teach a required course in our master's program in higher education policy and student affairs called the Sustainable Campus. And I've long been interested in how, in particular, student affairs can really lead the charge in doing sustainability because there's lots of things we can do outside of the classroom. I'm a big fan of outer classroom experiences and, uh, and realize because I'm a professor, the limitations of what we can do in class. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, that's music to the ears of our listeners who are spent a lot of time (laughs) fostering that learning outside the classroom. Uh, Let's uh, let's as as good uh, academics and and knowledgeable people, let's define our terms. Uh, Paul, let's stick with you. How could you tell us a little bit about what sustainability means and how it's come to mean this in this context? Yeah, when we talk about sustainability, um, naturally, we can go back as far as like the 1970s and Earth Day. And this is certainly kind of the, the budding in the United States of some kind of consciousness and awareness of you know, the fact that we live on a planet. And you think of Earth rise and things like that. Um, but it was kind of the all people think of it a landmark moment when we start talking about sustainability as opposed to eco or environmental things, uh, which was in 1987, kind of the, the common future report, otherwise known as the Brundtland Commission, came out with a definition of, and there are terms here we can, we can kick around, but there's sustainable <laughs> development. And sustainable, sustainable development is the idea of meeting the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their needs, right? That's been used over and over, and it served us well for a long time. And let's, let's be clear, the idea of sustainable, sustainable development is uh, contested. Some people think of it as an oxymoron because uh, we continue to grow and that's part of the problem. So how do you develop without continuing to kind of chew up the planet? That's one of the challenges. Uh, more recently, people have been turning to definitions of sustainability that really put people first because if we're honest about this, you know, the, it's not about saving the planet. The planet has experienced all sorts of catastrophes in the past, uh, mass extinctions from asteroids, all kinds of things. So the planet's not going anywhere, but it could be that we <laughs> are going somewhere. And so we really need to put people first in terms of the human endeavor, but also uh, recognize the most marginalized. Uh, one of my favorite definitions comes from Julian Agiman, who's a professor at Tufts, and he focuses on what he calls just sustainability, just as injustice, right? And his term is, you know, he, he likes this language, you know, the need to ensure a better quality of life for all now and into the future in a just and equitable manner while living within the Earth's supporting ecosystems. 
So this makes sure that we're not talking about this as something like, you know, you have to be concerned for your grandchildren, because there are people right now who are suffering the effects of climate change, of environmental injustice. And so that's going on right now. And if we're including everybody in the conversation, then our definition is going to be much more holistic. And it's going to really focus on uh, the marginalized and, and not just folks in the first world. You know, we need to be, this is really a challenge to take a global or planetary perspective. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about sustainability. And I will just say a few other terms or phrases people think about when we talk about sustainability. We can talk about triple bottom line, which has been around for a while. It's a little less in favor these days, but still used. The idea that we ought to be focusing on people, planet, and profit. Again, these are contested ideas because some would say, well, uh, that works, but are we assuming we can just live our usual lives and just kind of tidy things up in terms of social justice and the environment and everything will be fine? Or do we need to do much more massive transformations? I'm more in the camp of thinking we need to really reinvent everything, which means we may need to question what we mean by like, what's, what's the role of economics and profit? How do, we, how do we provide for people without doing it in a way that's undermining the ability of future generations to live? So I'll, I'll leave it there and I'll let my colleagues jump in and, and add, their, add their bit. Yeah, and I'm thinking, I also think about the triple bottom line, use the three P's. I also like equity, economy, and environment, the three E's. So I think these are just some nice things, and particularly um, to move us away from just thinking about sustainability as recycling and green building and just the environmental, because as you're pointing to, the equity and justice issues are so central mm-hmm. central to this. Uh, Vigor, Grace, what would you like to add to some of the context for our viewers and listeners? Hard to follow this, I think, Paul. I, I mean, I, you <laughs> teach a class on this, and I remember getting the syllabus from you, and I wish I took a class or was in this program where you taught, because it's just, <laughs> I think you did a really good job. And I, I think just to kind of give it more humanizing, uh, not that it wasn't humanizing what you said, but I think for me, like as a person and a human outside of my work, it's just, you know, not living within your, just living within your means, but really preserving, being respected the land and, and the earth that you are on, as you as you mentioned, Paul. And I think it means giving back and giving more than you can take. Um, I think that's just something I'll add to. Yeah, which is really a, a native or indigenous perspective, right? Let's not think about what we can take. Let's think about what we have to give first and then do that. So a really a wonderful connection and reciprocity. Go ahead, Grace. Yeah, and I agree, Paul. Fantastic. I would love to take your course. Um, <laughs> if you ever offer it online, let me know. Um, and same with you, Vigor. Um, I think a lot of other cultures have different words for interacting with the environment that I think um, us in the United States sometimes are missing and thinking about our way to give back to the environment, like Vigor was saying, and really be able to um, show how we are part of our broader environment is really important when we think about sustainability. And there's a um, theory of sustainability called strong sustainability that kind of situates the triple bottom line within each other, like nested. Um, So the environment is the large nest and then the economy or then the people, then the economy. So the economy does not exist without our people. The people does not do not exist without our environment. So really thinking about it that way is a good way to visualize it as well. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Grace, we're going to stick with you. Um, Obviously, sustainability and the way that we've talked about it is uh, really important. And and it's hard to think about things that don't fall in with these broad definitions that we're talking about. But um, why help us understand why this is so important to higher education in general and student affairs specifically, as you mentioned, you're in sustainability office housed within student affairs. So you're, 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 you're really on point for how we can think about this. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, I think one of the things to think about is at universities, we're preparing our future leaders for tomorrow. So these students, especially Generation Z, we know that they're already dealing with climate anxiety. They, the burden of climate change is already upon them. And so really preparing them to take that on and to take on that challenge from all the different areas from a local level to a national and global level is really important in helping them understand how they can play a role in promoting sustainability and really integrating it into our daily lives. I think as well, um, universities are like basically small cities. So um, whether you are at a university or a college that's on a really small campus, a college town, or you know, like here in Columbia where we're in the capital city, you have an opportunity to impact your local area as well as a state level. So being able to start making changes um, towards sustainable practices is amazing. And then within student affairs, um, oftentimes we're the biggest touch points for students. So um, especially at a large institution, if they're not close with one of their professors, then we're the ones who are able to put on programming for them and really interact with them. So being able to have an understanding of sustainability and how to integrate it into our daily lives as best as we can. I know student affairs professionals sometimes uh, struggle with the ability to impact change if they're on a lower level. You know, I'm an assistant director, so it's not like I'm in middle management really yet. Um, so thinking about little things like, can we purchase swag that's a little more sustainable? Where is our swag coming from? Can we purchase silverware sets instead of a t-shirt that students are going to throw out when they're done with college? Um, what kinds of things can we do to really influence change in our students on our campus and at a broader level? Mm -hmm. Great, you're reminding me um, about uh, all the challenges we're facing, climate change being real. I, I've been having conversations with people who are saying, I am sick of living through once in a hundred years events or once in a generation events in the past. Mm -hmm. And this is the fifth one in the past year that I'm living through. So uh, I think that's another sign. It's hard to say what's directly linked to climate change, but it, we certainly are seeing so many things coming up that um, are, are connected. Um, Vigor, uh, do you want to say anything more about higher ed and student affairs and the role of sustainability? Yeah, I think Grace hit it on the head. And I think Paul would talk about co-curricular at the beginning with just, you know, this student affairs as a, as a former student affairs professional, I worked at Cornell and, you know, the conversation you have with students really ties into all that, you know, we're, we're mentioning now, right? I mean, they could be learning these concepts in classes, but how we really interact with them is, you know, on the ground, right? When I was an assistant director of an Asian American center, that's, we had this conversation about how are you commuting to work? What are you eating? You know, what, there's so many questions that we talk through and get to know these students. And I feel like sustainability plays a huge role in that, right? And I think talk about um, the ecosystem of the college, right? And food systems and insecurity. I think that these all tie to sustainability, consciousness of the brands that they're wearing. I think these students in this generation is so conscious of, all these things and they're challenging the system, they're challenging us and they're challenging higher education, right? On how do we change this paradigm? How do we continually address this? And I feel like as someone that doesn't work like grace in sustainability, I had these conversations, but you know, it's, it's so important to have, right? And we're having them again and again, the students day in, day out. Right, well, and we just had a previous podcast around Gen Z and really yeah. hearing that that generation really um, they described, uh, Corey Simler and Megan Grace described them as digital change, ma change makers, which are two different things. They're comfortable in the digital environment and they want to make change because they're feeling, as Grace, you mentioned, this pressure 
this is happening, this is real, this is now that anxiety, um, and also really wanting to make a difference. And, um, you know, we want to prepare them for life after college. But one of my real irritations when we talk about college is not real life. Uh, this is real life. This is a real experience. The, the, the way institutions functions, the cities, the communities we create is wonderful ways for us to practice being community in more sustainable ways. Paul, what would you like to add? Oh, well, let me add this. Um, I really appreciate what my colleagues have said and uh, particularly point about, you know, this is where, you know, leaders come from in a way. If you think about, you know, what's our theory of change? You know, we've been told by the UN, we, we need to turn this ship around by like 2030. That's, that's a short period of time, relatively speaking. And you look at the major institutions in society, you know, higher ed and research is one of them. And so uh, what's our role in, you know, kind of a global turnaround? Well, one is, we have an opportunity to work with young people for four, six, or many, many more years in the classroom, outside the classroom, and then to be able to prepare them to be change agents who are going to go out to all fields. Um, to have a college degree is, a, is, is to be among the privileged. And those, these are people who are going to be in leadership positions, making decisions about what we're going to do during this you know, major crisis of the 21st century. So it's an important role to play. And I'd like to just kind of emphasize again uh, this idea that I'm a f fan of um, putting new things in the curriculum, but if we want to do rapid transformational change, we need to have powerful experiences. And that's why you know, I advocate for a much stronger collaboration between academic affairs and student affairs, where you know, I, I'm a, as a professor, I can provide you know, kind of the content and the interesting readings, but few students are changed by you know, the PowerPoint presentation at three o'clock on Tuesday or something. Uh, they, they do have life-changing experiences when they're you know, living it. And so you know, living learning communities, community-based education, all kinds of stuff, uh, alternative spring breaks, um, all throughout the campus, there are opportunities to have mind-blowing experiences that can really help shape people's lives and allow them to make a difference you know, when they get out and, and lead a professional life too. So um, that's the role of higher ed. That's our, that's our piece of the, the puzzle. And, um, and, and I think student affairs is really well situated to play a big role in that. Yeah, well, and you mentioned both the campus, but also beyond the yeah. not just the community engaged learning, but our the internships, the study away experiences, mm -hmm. where we go, and the impact of that travel, and all of those things, and what we see playing out. Um, well, thank I feel we're grounded in our definition and the importance of what higher ed and student affairs has to do. Uh, we're going to shift now and talk a little bit about how we operate and how we can bring that in, and also how we foster the student learning. So let's start with the operations. Um, let's start with you. How can we integrate sustainable oh, sustainability into how we operate and how we function? I'm thinking about the, the resources, the investments, the day-to-day -day functioning, the policies, the travel, and all of these things. How do we bring some of this in? Yeah, it's such a large question. I, I'm going to rely on Grace and Palaftra to speak a little bit about this too. But I think that what I think of immediately is as a as a consultant and a designer in construction is, is thinking about the buildings, just the actual buildings, right, of the campus. I think campuses are large. As Grace, they're little cities. They operate and they have very large energy source and what they're what they're producing output input. So I think about building systems and I think about, um, you know, green building, right? Because I think a lot of campuses are now tackling that. What is the energy consumption of our campus, right? How much food are we coming, is going in? How much is going out of the, the dining halls, right? I think about life cycle costs of buildings. Um, and I'm trying to like not regurgitate all these terms about building, but it's just to mm -hmm. me, that's what I'm living in now in my, in my work mm -hmm. at, at City College in Francisco. We're trying to help 
the, the client and facilities and partnering with student affairs for the student affairs building we're designing, right? What does that look like, right? How, do, um, how can engineers and people design these systems and buildings? How does that translate to the actual building itself and for the users that are living and working in this building, the students are using this, right? Does it mean um, materials that are used and sourced? Does it mean the air quality, right, with COVID happening? Does it mean, um, what does that mean for us to really think about those things and um, the land that we're on, um, the land we're occupying, um, just the sunlight, right? Um, you know, how do we, there's just so many things that to think about when you're, how to, how to integrate that physically into a structure. Um, and so I think that there's a few things I think about. Um, and I think I want to stop there because I just, I'm curious what, that's just the moment I'm thinking right now. And I can probably yeah. think of other things as well in a bit. Well, I'm also thinking about who, who do we hire? Um, who do we hire to build the buildings? Uh, where do yes. they come as we get at the equity and the economics and the intersections here? Um, Paul, do you want to add more to this? If you give me a chance, I will always add more. Go for <laughs> it. I, I, I'm, I'm soaking in this stuff all the time. And I love conversations like this. And particularly around when we talk about operations, I know some people have kind of poo-pooed the operations side of things because they say, we, we can have lots of green buildings, but um, you know, it's just, that's not really affecting anything beyond that. You know? And because um, we can see like the, the institution as a little island. Of, of perfect green buildings that, that in a sea of you know, otherwise unsustainability, right? And so uh, thinking about how you integrate uh, student affairs with operations and buildings and the academic affairs side, um, that's the stuff to me that's exciting, where we do these full truce collaborations. And uh, for instance, at my institution, Westchester University, we've, we do our kind of sustainability professional development work for staff, uh, faculty, students, and community members if they want to join, so that everybody sees themselves as having a role to play. If you work on grounds at the institution, our head of grounds is one of our biggest you know, champions for sustainability. And he, when, then we're able to do programs so that students understand what's going on on grounds. The same thing with buildings. Uh, instead of having sort of things built and then nobody on campus really understand what it's about, then we've, we've missed an opportunity as a, as a learning institution. And so being able to make visible the things that are so invisible, all, everything from the energy to the, you know, the, the material flows and waste and all that kind of stuff. Uh, students who are on campus ought to be getting a, a thorough, lived, holistic experience of all of those things, right? Um, and not simply just what's going on in the classroom. So that's, no, I don't know if any institution that has perfected that, but that's definitely the trajectory, really kind of that full on holistic experience. So maybe they've got this going on in uh, South Carolina. I don't know. Well, I would echo what you said, Paul, and um, you as well, Vigor. I think one of our main goals in the Office of Sustainability here is that community engagement um, and engagement with faculty, staff, and students. So while my role is mainly focused on student engagement, um, we kind of use that, those students who are interested in sustainability and are advocates for sustainability to be the voices of our office on campus and in the community. And so we have, um, like Paul said, we have a couple different seminars or trainings that um, students and faculty and staff can take on how to live more sustainably, how to make their office more sustainable. So we have a green certification mm -hmm. program for offices and events um, that any office, any uh, student organization or staff member can participate in so they can see, okay, what things in my office can I do in my everyday to live a little bit more sustainably? And then from a community level, it really is a 
partnership. And I think that's something with integrating sustainability into these organizations. We need to think about how do our universities interact with our community? How do they interact with the spaces around them? And then what can we do to improve those strengths and those ties in order to make our mission just a little bit more critical? If I could add more to that, what you're saying, Grace, too, I think um, we talked about this a little bit about, it really depends on your region, right? Where you, where you, where you mm-hmm. live in, the city that you're in, because in San Francisco, there's an abundance and California typically is always a leader, quote, quote, in green and sustainable. And I think as someone in San Francisco with the, the college I work for, it's a standard to do X, Y, Z things, mm-hmm. right? To meet these standards for the state and the city. But it really depends. Like in South Carolina, it might be a little different in terms of how you do <laughs> yeah. it because there isn't- It's a lot different in South Carolina. It's a lot, you know, a lot different. Right, like you don't have like, you know, that, that infrastructure already built in per se, right? Mm-hmm. About having that agenda that you really want to have robust, progressive ideals and ideas, so- yeah, which which means it's even more important to lead there, right? Because uh, right, whatever the University of South Carolina can do can really make a big difference in leading lots of others. Mm-hmm. And I found that there's a couple different ways we can go about creating that change. So um, at University of South Carolina, we don't really have a huge top-down approach, right? Like our um, sustainability is not a super important topic for the state of South Carolina, at least in legislature. And so our students are very, very interested in sustainability. So we really utilize and cherish their energy um, to start creating some change on campus. And they're running a divestment program right now to a divestment campaign to encourage the university to divest from fossil fuels and think about other investments that are a little bit more green. So, you know, the students are just the best for us anyway. Yeah, I really appreciate bringing in the, the investment policies and practices and divestment. I think the other thing that I was thinking about was procurement and where do we purchase all the legal paths and mm-hmm. um, supplies and where does all of this come from? Who's making it under what circumstances, uh, both environmentally, but also equitably? Um, and then, then what are the economies we want to support? Because um, each one of these becomes a political decision which we often don't think about which doesn't mean it's not political it's just we're we're just being sort of oblivious to it mm-hmm. um so that's a lot about how we operate how we can do that from the institutional level in terms of the endowment to uh, as you were pointing out grace the micro level of offices and how they function and, and what they go about doing and getting some certification which is great but a lot of what we do, as you all have pointed to, is student learning. And how do we help students learn while they're on campus so that they can make a difference for the rest of their life? And so, Grace, let's start with you. How are you helping students uh, learn about sustainability uh, while they're at South Carolina? And how, what are the strategies and approaches that have really been working? Absolutely. Um, we have a couple different engagement programs that students can get involved in. And I think one of the things that has made that successful is the ability to integrate not only sustainability aspects and hands-on projects that our students can get involved in, but also an opportunity for them to build their leadership and employability skills. So Mm -hmm. even the students who might not be super interested in sustainability want to build their leadership and employability skills. And so we try to really make sure we have um, a space for everyone in that. And, um, We've also done a better job this semester um, with being able to connect with professors and our University 101 programs that has over 200 sections of a freshman seminar. So being able to present just to classes in those spaces um, and really bring that in. 
Another thing that we really cherish is thinking about our campus as a living lab. So we have several community gardens on campus. They keep popping up. I swear we have a different one every year, which is amazing. Um, but giving students the opportunity to see how food is grown, where their food comes from, how organic produce tastes different than produce they might buy in the grocery store and um, what different local produce they can buy or they can grow themselves um, to be able to see that full cycle. Um, when it comes down to sustainability, a lot of things are about, um, you know, a circular economy. You're uh, thinking about things holistically. So any way we can show students this is where this comes from. This is where it ends up. Uh, tours of our local recycling center. Anything we can do to get students out there in the community to see what issues are affecting our city, our state, our community, um, and be able to see that firsthand, I think is really impactful. And as Paul was saying, anything in the curriculum, um, we have a great uh, partnership with our School of Earth, Ocean, and Environment. They are great champions for sustainability on campus. Um, and so we're hoping to see some more sustainability involved in the curriculum in the future. Um, but that's really how we think about sustainability and student learning is trying to interact it in any point in time. I'm really hearing the interconnectedness, right? The interconnectedness mm -hmm. of the planet with our mm -hmm. choices, with our food and where does it come from and who do we buy mm -hmm. from? And then what is the food waste and what happens to that? We're just a part of so many of these cycles um, that, that are happening. Uh, Vigor, what would you add here about uh, sustainability and student learning? So I think getting our students involved, um, whether it be engineering, architecture students, right? Those that aren't sustainability or um, environmental related majors, all majors involved, because I think that students, again, we, we've established that they they care about this. They're climate, they have some climate anxiety with this. So they all care, even if they're not in a specific major for sustainability. So if it's getting them involved in, in meetings and thinking about when you're designing a building, here are some things that we're designing. We want your feedback on the design side, but also how does that relate to XYZ things that we're picking that relate to sustainability, right? We're throwing that in in every type of conversation we're having with students and then train them on the ground, right? As it's built itself, right? Can we get you to intern or think about it as it's being built and as things are going into it? Um, so I, I'm going back to the building piece and I think that's just a really tactile way to get them to like see it. And that's how I'm learning to, how do I build something? Because I'm curious about that myself. Well, I'm hearing for both of you, this integrated in everywhere you can, right? So it's not this thing, but how do we integrate mm -hmm. it into the building, to the food, to the dining hall, to the classes, to the outside the classes, to the residence hall experience, to the internships, to the study. We integrate it into all these different places. Really powerful. Paul, what would you add here around student learning? You know, around student learning, and this is, this is really my kind of area of expertise in some ways, and uh, I certainly echo everything that uh, Vigor and Grace have said, um, side, and that you were mentioning, Keith, and we need an education in systems thinking, all right? Mm -hmm. Most of us uh, understand our educational process as, you know, kind of narrow, disconnected, um, you know, I've got a PhD in philosophy of education, which means I know a whole lot about very little, and <laughs> so my, my professional life as an adult has been trying to move from that vertical rigor to add horizontal rigor. People who are really good at connecting the dots. And that's, that's the fundamental for really kind of sustainability learning is how does what we're talking about here seemingly disconnected from this get in the habit of saying, oh yeah, you can connect those things. And it's that kind of way of thinking that really is at the, at the base of, of good sustainability learning. And, and that also means, you know, and when students come in, and many people really, they've got a preconceived notion about what sustainability might be. And it's usually, mm -hmm. you know, recycling and that's it. And, and the idea is that, well, that's some specialist niche thing. And there's the people who are into that. That's cool. 
That's not me, but you know, that's cool. And, and really moving from that to, oh, I see how this affects literally everything. All right. If you're in if you're in religious studies, does this relate to sustainability? Absolutely, because it gets to the most fundamental questions. You know, what's the good life? Is you know consumption? How how much is that a part of every major spiritual tradition? I don't know, not exactly. And so it, it really cuts across the disciplines, um, but it, in a beautifully transdisciplinary way. And that's why, for instance, at Westchester, we we have two new minors in sustainability, uh, but they're not for, for any any major can take the minors, right? Because it can illuminate and transform whatever you want to major in, if you're in health sciences or business or education, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's kind of the real transformation is not seeing this as some you know, narrow niche that a few people are going to do, and that's fine. Um, that's swimming against the stream, no doubt, but that's, but that's the good work that we're doing is really trying to show those connections. And that's why I get excited about this and, and doing this kind of stuff that's and the, I guess the last thing I'll say, otherwise you're going you're gonna to cut me off, <laughs> is um, when it comes to, to you know, sustainability learning, I'm a big fan of the pedagogical piece. You know, content is content. That's great. But it's really how we do it. And it's got to be fewer fake projects, more real, engaged, actual working on things. All right. Yeah. Um, and that's important. Some of the most exciting stuff we're doing in the Philadelphia region is sort of a multi-institution collaboration and then working with community organizations to say, okay, what are the issues that we can then get our students K through 16 and beyond involved in real work of sustainability in the community? That, that's learning. And that's that stuff nobody ever asked, you know, why do we need to know this? Because it's just too, too interesting to, right. to do it. Well, and you, the, I love this about, um, I think one of the things higher ed has done is we have, uh, we have worked on a lot of fake problems yeah. and sometimes we come, we spend a lot of time inventing made up problems when we are surrounded by real life problems that we could go to work on both on our campus and in the communities around us. And so I think it's just, it's such more meaningful. It's so much more memorable. You're connected, uh, embodied, right? You're, you're touching it. Maybe you're in the dirt or you're sitting there with those students in the high school, um, and, and the emotional connection. And when you, when you have all of that, that's really where it's going to, um, as Vigor pointed to one class in undergrad lit the candle <laughs> and now he's off like a bottle rocket. Right. And, and, we go. and I wish Paul was like, Paul, you, you need to offer an online class. I feel like great first to sign up after this, like, come on, like, you can do something. It's just, yeah. it's, well, well, I will say just to, just to interrupt again, the, the, one of the most exciting things that I didn't mention is like living learning communities. Because this is actually how my first semester, my first year actually at University of Colorado at Boulder way back in the last century, uh, I was in a you know, all fresh person dorm in the living learning community. And that's where I did a whole semester long project on the environmental crisis. And mm-hmm. I haven't turned back since because we were living it all together. And that was a student affairs facilitated operation that, mm-hmm. you know, that set me on my wow. track. So. Yeah, and I can share too. We're in a we have a living learning community here called the Green Quad. It's a building. Um, I'm in it right now, um, and I know that a lot of our students who are interested interested in sustainability get their start here, um, and then learn how to make change. Yeah, well, Vigor, you said we should Paul should do an online class. I, I imagine there's many <laughs> people who are watching or listening to this conversation who were curious about sustainability, but now are super energized and engaged and would like to get more involved. And I would love to hear from each of you 
what's a resource you would recommend or ways they could get involved? So let's start with Paul. How about you? What's, what are some resources you would recommend for people who want to get more? And we'll make sure we get all of this in the show notes for folks. Okay, awesome. Well, kind of the, the sort of obvious examples, whether you know it or not, uh, the big organization that addresses sustainability in higher education is ASHI. Uh, Association for the Advancement of Sustainability in Higher Education.org. And um, it, it's a beautiful organization because it engages students, faculty, staff, business, you know, everybody from the campus community is welcome at these conferences. I go to the usual, you know, um, kind of academic conference and it's just, you know, the narrow specialist. This is everybody from across the board and they've really stepped up their game when it comes to equity and racial justice and so they're 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 on top of it and i would recommend that the other big organization that's that's leading some of the more institutionalized facets of sustainability like climate commitments is called second nature and so second nature has is, has done a great job particularly around um you know carbon neutrality and, and resilience uh, and um, ASHI is working on things like, you know, STARS, which is a, a sustainability tracking assessment rating system. So we can have some, some standards for, you know, what, how, how well are we doing? So those organizations have, you know, webinars and, and conferences and uh, have, have been virtual for the last year, of course, but uh, really tremendous resources there. And I'll, I'll turn it over to my colleagues to, to add on. Well, and we, we got Grace and Vigor connected through uh, ACPA and NASPA, so let's not fail to mention uh, ways to get connected there. Grace, what are other resources or ways for folks to get involved? Absolutely. Um, I think one thing that's more practical is normalize learning alongside your students. If you don't know something, that's okay. Learn with them. Start a book club with your group of students. Share an article that you read. Normalize that because that creates change. Um, and then aside from that, I would echo what Paul said about ACI. ACI is fantastic. Um, if your campus has an ACI membership, you have access to their resource hub. They have all sorts of different resources for programming, for um, buildings, everything on there. So I highly recommend ACI. As well as NASPA, we have a sustainability knowledge community um, specifically for student affairs professionals who are interested in sustainability. Um, there's also a ton of um, kind of change makers on Instagram that I would recommend. Um, Dr. Ayana Elizabeth Johnson is fantastic. I have become recently very obsessed with her. Um, she has a book called All We Can Save that kind of integrates um, feminism and, oh, Paul, you've read it, great. Um, feminism and art and poems and, it's, and sustainability and it's fantastic. Um, so I would really recommend that as well. Awesome. Vigor, how about you? What other resources or ways to get involved would you suggest? So, so many. Thank you for sharing, Paul and Grace. Those are really good resources. I think some of them I need to look up, actually. I think one thing to not discount, too, is kind of the, squal the qualitative storytelling, right? I think that sustainability was founded on indigenous values of living and balance with the world, right? Um, they are the original land stewards. And I think that their stories are really, really important, right? So listen to your peers, listen to the folks that have lived this experience for years. I think you can't discount that. Um, a few more things to add too, um, speaking of, right? I think there is CAS standards actually for sustainability in student affairs now. Um, so it, it was just published, I believe last year. And I think a lot of folks in the KC um, helped publish that. Um, I think about also just reflecting on what you're spending your money on, what brands, material, food. Um, I've really started to look at that and I've try to stop buying clothes and thinking about what type of brands I'm buying into. And there's multiple resources online about, I think it's Earth Hero and like even the skin products you have, you know, everyone loves the skin products now and 
um, as you're getting older too, right? Um, thinking about hair, just all the stuff that you use every day, toothpaste. Um, there's websites that are dedicated to like searching for how that affects your body, but also if that's sustainable in the sense of materials and the ingredients in them. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, uh, unfortunately, we are running out of time, as we always do. Uh, But this podcast is called Student Affairs Now. And so we always like to end hearing from each of our guests, what's on your mind right now? Uh, And that can be kind of what you've been reading or thinking about lately, or it could be just really right now as we end this conversation. This is really what I'm thinking on. So, uh, Paul, let's start with you and then Grace and then Vigor can wrap us up. Uh, well, what's on mind in part on my mind in part because I'm I'm teaching this stuff is uh, the important question of kind of individual versus collective action. Um, I think often sustainability is pitched as you know it's a shopping list. I buy this, don't buy that. Make sure you recycle and 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 don't use the straw. And so it comes down to too often this reductionistic uh, list of kind of ethical behaviors that you should do as an individual. But you know, the reality, of course, is that we can make all those personal changes and then the system hasn't changed. And so there is absolutely a place for uh, paying attention to what we're doing because we're kind of a model of our values, right? But there's lots of things that aren't gonna change unless we become civically engaged. And that's a big part of higher ed as well is learning to become effective, engaged citizens, not, not just savvy consumers. So what's, what's the role of collective action and how does that balance with you know, the, the necessary role of also kind of individual choices? Uh, I think being able to model that at the institution where we're getting engaged in the community, but also paying attention to what we're eating and you know, whether there's food waste and things like that. I think there's room for all of that, but um, I think we all need to be engaged in that conversation so we kind of know the, know the right balance, but also recognizing that students come in and maybe they're, you know, they're, they're in a growth process. And mm-hmm. sometimes you get them because they care about recycling. And then four years later, <laughs> they're out there in the community making change as change agents. So that's okay. Right. I think it's really great. I love that you're talking about sort of take them wherever they are and see yeah. how you can engage folks from there. And I love the both and of the individual and the collectivist, right? What mm-hmm. I do makes a difference, but what we do also makes a difference. How do we both end that? Um, Grace, what are you thinking about now? I'm really excited. Uh, sometimes it can be challenging to work in sustainability. Um, we hear no a lot. We hear that's too expensive a lot. Um, and so getting to talk to these folks who have the passion for sustainability is fantastic. Another thing I've been thinking about and pondering is as COVID-19 has impacted our campuses so much, what things about this have we learned? What things about this have we um started to improve upon that we can make in the new normal. So a lot of campuses have done outdoor classrooms, a fantastic way to have students out in the environment, whether they are even just sitting in a chair, that vitamin D is always good. Um, You know, being able to reduce air travel by having these virtual meetings is fantastic. Um, So really thinking about the way that we do things and challenging the status quo. I think is really important. Right. And Vigor, what's on your mind? What are you pondering, troubling, or thinking about now? Yeah, it was really nice to hear Paul and Grace's first, because I think what Paul was mentioning about the collective individual, I think that's such, it's like, I think of Eastern Western, right? As an Asian American, Mm -hmm. I feel like my family values are just what you were saying, Paul, like very collectivist, um, thinking about yourself and the family, not not just yourself, but the family, right? I think that that's Mm -hmm. really infused in me. And I have to kind of think about that as an American too, growing up here, what does that mean? And then I think about, you know, 
next generation, right? Um, I have a few nephews um, and a niece now and shout to them. Um, but, you know, how can we really set our world up in our, in our, in our colleges, our nation, or just how do we set it up for them so that they can really live um, more fuller lives without having this climate anxiety grace brought up at the beginning of this, right? How do we set up, how do we do the best we can now in this generation while we're professionals in this world to set them up so that they have a world to live in um, that is a good, like really well-kept, just, you know, it, that's, that's there for them. Right, right. Well, and as Paul said, you know, the UN has told us we got to turn this around by 2030, which to me sounds like a science, Star Trek science fiction way off in the future. Just to, for people who are not good at math, that's nine years from now. Uh, 2030 is nine years from now. So uh, that sense of urgency is really critical. And I think if, if you want to see the impacts of climate change and what that might look like, watch the news, turn on the news. We're seeing it play out right here, right now uh, in the U.S., in Canada, around the world with disease, with weather, with earthquakes, with poverty, who has access and who doesn't. So many things playing out now. I want to thank each of you for being awesome guests today. Uh, You've really helped us understand sustainability better and how we can better integrate it into our work and into our lives. Really appreciate each of you. To our listeners, you can receive reminders about this and other episodes by subscribing to the Student Affairs Now newsletter or browse our archives at studentaffairsnow.com. Thanks to our sponsors today, Leadership and Stylus. Please subscribe to the podcast, invite others to subscribe, share on social, or leave a five-star review. It really helps conversations like this reach more folks and build a community so we can continue to make this free to you. And a special shout out today to our production assistant, Matt Ambrosi, who will help get all of this transcribed on the website, produced, and into your ears. Thank you, Nat. You're a wonderful member of the team. Again, I'm Keith Edwards. Thanks again to the fabulous guests today and to everyone who is watching and listening. Make it a great week, everyone. Thank you all.